Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 245, possibly point one, of the Nerd Stravaganza podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. And I'm Cam. And I say possibly point one because we have yet to settle on exactly how we're going to name these. I think Brian was indicating when we do two-parters, we typically do the episode proper and then the episode point five. And we'll probably stick with that standard because we are coming at you this week after uh, a very brief absence with a giant two-parter. And we hope you like both parts. So if you're listening to this one and haven't listened to part two yet, do that afterwards. We, we highly recommend it. And of course, by now, you're probably wondering just what it is that could occupy two episodes. And the what it is, is the city of Orlando in our, well, now my former uh, state of Florida. We will be going into great depth uh, about that city, uh, hot on the heels of uh, my recent really long visit there. And if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that we all spend a lot of quality time there. So look forward to that, this and next episode. And of course, before we get into that topic, we will start things off in usual nerd extravaganza style with our long overdue weekly geekly, geekly weekly, maybe monthly update. <laughs> Cam, uh, why don't you kick things off with any highlights from the last week or several weeks that we've sort of been on hiatus? Oh, let's see. Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff's happened over the last couple weeks. Uh, I have been, uh, had spring break. My companion had spring break and, uh, we were going to go up to do the Star Wars, uh, celebration and do all that good stuff. But I, um, she ended up getting sick and, um, we had to stay home. So we ended up staying home and for a whole week, just sort of laying in bed because of course she got me sick too. So we spent a whole week staying, laying in bed and watching uh, uh, House of Cards. We binge-watched all four seasons, uh, hours and hours and hours of, of, <laughs> of, uh, of good entertainment. And I uh, really liked the show. I, I, I was very skeptical about it. I didn't really want to watch it. But uh, once I started watching it, I was hooked. And uh, so I loved it. it, it was, I would recommend it to anyone, actually. Um, let's see. What else have we done uh, I uh, have been uh, continuing my reading foray. Uh, I'm on Crossroads of Twilight by Robert Jordan, which is the, I believe, the 10th book in the Wheel of Time series. Wow. Chugging along, chugging along. And uh, it's uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's really good. I, I love it. But it's just now at the, I'm at the point where I just got to get through it, you know? I'm like, all right, four more books, five more books, however many left. I think there's 15 total. I was like, I just got to get got to get through them now. So I've been uh I've been doing that and uh I was in uh Vegas for the Gamma it's the Game Manufacturers Association trade show with uh Yellow Games and uh had a great time out there. Vegas is always a good time. Uh plus I was out there for March Madness, which is really cool, so that was a good time. And um that was a great show. Looking forward to Origins, which is coming up in June. Uh, in Ohio, so that's our next big uh, our next big show. So looking forward to that, and uh, looking forward to Tabletop Day, which is April 29th. And uh, can't say anything now, but uh, well, anything too too specific. But hopefully, uh, I will I will have on the show and Yellow Games uh, in general will have a very big announcement uh, for Tabletop Day. So that should be cool. And yeah, that's about it for me. Awesome, man. Pretty comprehensive update, as uh, usual. Um, question: March Madness. That's that is like the co- that is a college basketball like playoff type thing, right? It is. It is the I guess the tournament that they use that that is played of the top. Uh, I think thirty two teams, thirty four, thirty six. I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't remember. But uh, basketball teams that. Uh, they play in a tournament. It's, uh, it's got to be what? what what's thir- what's sixteen times four? Oh no, I'm sorry. Sixteen times two. Uh, it'd be thirty-two, 32. right? Yep. Yeah, I think it's the top. They have two like two sides of a bracket, one through sixteen on each side. Like one plays sixteen, two plays fifteen, and then they the bracket brings them together into the middle, basically, and then they uh, whoever wins out of the the final two teams is the national champion. Oh, this is so. This is it. This is like the. Yeah, it's the college basketball national championship, essentially. Okay, how, I didn't realize how they that. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. They know. Yeah. I mean, typically, I don't really watch until the end of the tournament. You know, maybe the last couple teams, unless I have like a one of the, my alma maters in the hunt. But uh, it was cool to be in Vegas because I mean, it's like a huge betting thing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I may or may not have placed a better two myself. Um, and may or may or may not have lost money. <laughs> you, you don't have you don't have to in any way maintain plausible deniability. You're allowed to do that in Vegas, right? That's like totally. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's true. But uh, you know, morality clauses and things like that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Please be moral, Cam. We, we, <laughs> there is a morality clause uh, involved when you're going to participate in the Ganza. So just so you exactly. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get drummed off the show. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome, man. Sounds like a pretty comprehensive. Uh, Weekly Geekly, thank you for that. No worries. What about you, Brian, man? What have you been up to? Been a while. Uh, yeah, been a while, and nothing too terribly exciting or too terribly geeky, but uh, I am going to roll it back a little bit just to... to... I, I didn't get a chance to discuss this with anyone, so I may as well do it now. Did anyone else watch the last couple of episodes of Star Wars Rebels? Unfortunately, no. I am still uh, woefully behind. I didn't love the season finale. It was good, but they've had better season finales. But I think it was the one right before that with, um, what's his name, Darth Maul. And kind of like what happens, you know, he's been trying to convince... Ezra to be his apprentice and he's doing all these dirty tricks to force him to and I, honestly like well scripted well thought out poetic homage like the whole deal that episode had everything you can ask for in a, a Star Wars story in a cartoon in a conclusion god so many things I have heard good things. And I, I believe, I mean, spoiler alert, I think Maul finally like gets chopped into small enough parts to not survive. Right. This season. Eh, I guess we'll see. I mean, he's been cutting two before, so he oh, wasn't bifurcated. <laughs> it wouldn't Who matter. Knows? They would just, they would, they would just rig up his other half with like a, with spider limbs and stuff. He'll, he'll be, they've been doing a bunch of like, silly animatronics and things like that. So he, he'll come back as like two beings. <laughs> he'll have animated legs and the other half will have an animated like arms and head. One called Darth and one called Maul. <laughs> Did you actually see Brian, the, I may have asked you this before the clone wars episode where he came back and like his whole arc in clone wars. No, no, I, I still haven't caught up with uh, clone wars. His initial coming back, like was really stupid. Like I didn't like the way they gave him legs at first, but then he went on to have a pretty cool arc in that series. So like he did some actually the like, cool stuff. So I went from like just appalled that he actually was brought back to like accepting it. And it sounds like he did some good things in, in rebels as well. So worked out for the best. The whole idea kind of bothers me because I, I, I don't know. I, I really think it was very gimmicky bringing him back at all. Yes, but whether I like the story or not, they were really well done. The the ones in Rebels, at least, were really well written. And I mean, he's no Vader, but like I actually care came to like care about him. He he really a strong character at the end. Yeah, I, so it sounds like they continued from Clone Wars, like making him a compelling character, which you know covered up the sin of bringing him back in the first place. So good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I have to say, like, uh, I, I'll admit uh, beforehand that some people will find, like, the confrontation unsatisfying. In, in my personal opinion, probably second, third best duel in all of Star Wars. Oh, really? Like his, his ultimate duel? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we know the gold standard is the 25-minute Mustafar duel. <laughs> from episode three right so <laughs> i'm kidding I, I hope you guys don't actually think that do you <laughs> everyone has their opinion man 
it, it, it's cool in a certain sense, but like, like a lot of the lightsaber fighting, in my opinion, in the tr- original trilogy, it's just overdone. But yeah, everybody has their opinion. We should leave it at that. Unless we alienate any Star Wars nerds out there. <laughs> That's a, like impossible not to. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Unless you share their exact opinion, and even then, they, then they get mad because you don't have your own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Brian. So Rebels sounds like you've enjoyed the hell out of that. Anything else? Uh, got to do one of the things that I actually really enjoy doing the most. Did you guys catch your name in theaters? No. Nope. No, I don't think I did. I really believe, you know, if you can, you should vote with your wallet. And it was a super limited release and they did absolutely no advertising for it. There were not even posters of the movie at the theaters it was playing in, but they did show for one week a subtitled anime in the United States. Wow. And it was a brilliant movie. And a, a huge step, I think, for them to do that. I mean, they've done, like, Naruto the movie and Pokemon the movie and things like that. But, I mean, I think even Naruto was a one-night event. Yeah, and, yeah. And I've seen in the past, like, uh, like Summer Wars and Samurai movie, whose name I can't recall, single-night events. This was a whole a whole week. Wow. Who put it on? Uh, and Funimation. Oh wow! So they're it's not even like going through uh, what was that other group that used to do those things? Um, Phantom or whatever. Phantom, yeah. No, this was not even a Phantom event or a wow. Fathom event or whatever. I can never remember. This was an official release. Wow, color me impressed. So uh, I totally missed it, and I feel I regret that. But you enjoyed it. How was the audience? Were they appreciative? Um. I have heard horror stories about the audience. Um, I got pretty lucky. Uh, I, I counted just because I, I was being weird. I wanted to see like what you know what the audience was like. There were about twenty people with me, so everybody was spread out, and there was a little bit of like chuckling and snorting, but there it was it was not bad. It was not bad. It was not worse than any movie at any release. Sadly, I, I've heard that's a pretty atypical case. Mm. Yeah, sadly. Well, if there were 20 people there, that's about 17 more than were in the theater when I went and saw the live-action Ghost in the Shell. So, <laughs> go your name. No? Nobody with the Ghost in the Shell? You guys didn't see that? Mm, no. no. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, even even beyond the yellow face, like, I really don't like... Mm, pick an anime and make it popular. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do think the yellow face was kind of bullshit, but beyond that, like, eh, remake some anime that was popular in the 80s. Yeah, uh, they, that did seem like original. The kind of... eh, no one wants original anymore. <laughs> it did seem like they kind of pulled that out of the hat. But, um, yeah, and I won't even get into the whole, like, whitewashing or de yellowing or appropriation or whatever the proper name for the offense of casting Scarlett Johansson was. Oh God, I hope I'm not being offensive. <laughs> that movie I don't think you... What was that, Cam? So that movie freaking tanked. Yeah, like, you, you should probably go see it. Like, though, I... I liked it. I mean, I I guess because I'm not, like, suffering the indignity of, like, seeing my, like, character replaced. Um, I was able to enjoy it on its merits, and I liked it. It reminded me of the anime. I think it was, like, relatively close to the anime actually but i haven't watched the anime in 20 years because <laughs> neither is anybody else <laughs> to your point brian so yeah anyway didn't mean to hijack i just didn't want to include that in my weekly geekly because i have other stuff i wanted to talk about so i hijacked yours <laughs> hope you don't mind uh, i'm just glad someone enjoyed the movie <laughs> thanks man anyway back it's still your update what else have you been up to anything else uh, one last thing. I've been killing some free time lately. Has anybody played Let It Die on uh, PlayStation 4? No. What's that all about? No. I, I saw some pretty interesting advertisements for it on, on I think, Cartoon Network. Um, So they're actually, like, putting a little bit of money into it. It is a... 
Yeah, it's a rogue-like game, kind of, with Souls combat, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, whatever combat. Hmm. And zany theme. I don't know. I'm just this way. I, I'm playing in Japanese, of course. And the there's like a guide. So basically, it breaks the fourth wall, and this guy says, "Welcome to the arcade. You're about to play your game." you know, let me help you. His name is Uncle Death, and he's a Grim Reaper who does all kinds of, like, punk rock signs, and he always, like, shoots you, like, a thumbs up and, like, devil horns and things when you do something badass in the game. And at least in the in the Japanese, I, I probably had to listen to the uh, the English tonight, he's crazy obnoxious. He screams, Senpai! Every five minutes. And... <laughs> Can that translate? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like, it it's an interesting world. It's it's a very it's um I don't think Pseudo fifty one actually worked on it, but I think it's his same company, so they kind of adopted his aesthetic his aesthetic and and his sense of humor. I think like the interns did this one, you know. But it's very um No More Heroes. Oh, that game was great. Okay. All right. That was fun, wasn't that. it? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And this is free to play roguelike means you do the same shit over and over but you get a little bit better every time so i think there's supposed to be like 30 stages or something but you know i've been playing for like two days and i've only played the first two cool. not something you just blow through is that ps4 exclusive or is that cross-platform i i think that is exclusive okay cam my ps4 is still packed so I need you to go ahead and i actually i actually might because i've been playing uh i, I discovered this game called starwall it's it's actually uh you guys know what a narwhal is right the, the, <laughs> yeah yes yeah so it's but it's like starwall where like it's like a, just basically like a little pvp game on these different weird like psychedelic sort of like boards it's a, it's almost it's like a very simple game but you know it's just one narwhal against the other narwhal but you're like sort of in space and flying around and it's just basically like a duel like almost like a like atari like joust where you're like dueling with each other each of the each each of you have like you know your little nose that like is your attack mechanism and you have a like a little beating like a big heart in your chest and you're like swimming around and you're trying to like stab the other guy in the in the heart like you know three to five times or whatever however many you set it up for <laughs> and it's just like a, it's like a duel little little duel game but it's it's awesome it's really fun it's it's addicting. Like you, I, I could see someone sitting there for hours and I, I sat there playing for hours and hours, and I was just drinking water. But if you were like, you know, taking a little herbal uh, refresher, you, you know, yep. and had that like hyper uh, concentration going on, I could see just like <laughs> sitting there and being like, whoa, I you know, you know, and just like <laughs> it's a really fun game. I, I I suggest it. Well, I was I was just going to use that as the fall guy for my like quit playing Starwall and. Start playing and let it die, but now yeah. I suggest you make time for both. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> awesome. Brian, we've interrupted uh, your last three entries. Dare you add a fourth? Uh, no, that, that's that's pretty much it. I, uh, I have some non-nerdy shit, but no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> Damn right. It's a nerd extravaganza, not the norm extravaganza. All right, I guess that finally brings it around to moi, and I will... Uh, Share with you the goings-on in my life. Actually, they're very relevant to tonight's topic of Orlando, as I, in spite of having moved to the Seattle region, spent pretty much a month in different parts of Florida. That began with uh, WrestleMania, which is the Super Bowl of wrestling. As you know, it was a, it was a really cool event. It was a couple of days at the Orlando uh, Convention Center, we bought what's called a travel package. We got to go there and you got to go to this basically wrestling convention where you could meet wrestlers and watch people wrestle and buy all sorts of merch, which is really the point. Then there was a Hall of Fame ceremony. Then there was a NXT TakeOver. NXT is sort of their developmental league, so to speak. And then there was the main event, WrestleMania. And that was really cool. I went with my companion and Nick, former host of the show, Nick. And we had a hell of a good time. We spent our last day there after the wrestling activities, eating a bunch of junk food and went to this like cool little VR arcade where we like fought off a zombie horde. So that was an unscheduled little end cap to WrestleMania. Definitely recommend it. 
Uh, did WrestleMania, then popped over to Disney for like three nights. I say three nights because I worked from the hotel during the day and then went to Disney. Well, two nights and then a Saturday morning. Uh, I stayed at the Coronado Springs Resort. Have any of you guys ever been there? Not stayed there, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been there. It's pretty cool. Yo, you must have gone for a convention or something, huh, Cam? Or? Uh, I think a friend was staying there, I believe. Oh, okay. It's really awesome. And you already mentioned that VR arcade with Nick. That was close to the Orlando Eye. Are you guys familiar with this? Yeah, I actually know a, a guy that works for that company or whatever. Um, it's like the London Eye or whatever, like the big carousel or not carousel. Was it a Ferris wheel? Yeah. Ferris wheel. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's this humongous Ferris wheel, and it's funny that you should mention that company because in addition to the eye and like this entire like little outdoor mall and all these other attractions they've added to it, one more like way to like spend a day. Apparently, they're planning some like gargantuan roller coaster. In addition to that, at, at this Orlando Eye, they built like a lot of little attractions there that you can like hang out in. There, there's something called a skeleton museum, and I get grossed out by bones and skeletons, so I couldn't go in there. <laughs> there's an aquarium which as the name implies has all sorts of uh sea life for you to see and there's one of those wax museums is it madame madame tussaud tussaud yeah. is that it yeah yeah they have like one of those wax museums there and those also kind of make me nauseous so i couldn't go in there either but <laughs> <laughs> that plus the vr arcade like these things that are sort of off the beaten path just in in their sheer number and, and increasingly in their quality kind of motivated the episode. Like I was like, I'm not even here for these things, but like in between the biggies, which were WrestleMania Disney. And now the next day I'm going to mention star Wars celebration. There's like other stuff to do. Like you can, you can literally like not get bored in Orlando unless you try um, that bone museum. Is it like real bones or was it like, they claim it's real bones. And my friends that went in, they either said that they were selling or uh, displaying human bones, which I didn't think was legal. Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, I want a femur to take home. Like, yeah, I don't know if I'd <laughs> want that. But yeah, that uh, real bones. So if you want to see real live bones of real dead animals, the Bone Museum has you covered. They also had like a shuttle going to Legoland. So I don't know if they're like doing a tie-in with Legoland too. You know what I mean? Sort of building this day-long experience between Legoland and these other attractions. But yeah, an inter interesting little alliance being built there. And of course, the, my, the third biggie, the third tentpole of my trip was the Star Wars Celebration Convention. So now I've attended WrestleMania, I've gone to Disney, and then I cap it all off with this Star Wars Celebration, which is a giant Star Wars convention. It's held usually one year in the States, then in another country, then back in the States. It's been in Anaheim, it's been in a lot of other cities, and now it was in Orlando. And Wow massive and i think i've made it clear in the past that i might be like getting too old for conventions or you know like over the like you know standing in line at 5 a.m to meet mark hamill type thing but uh after kind of chatting with you guys during the first day of the convention i went in with a new attitude i was like you know i'm not i'm just here to see and experience and buy some stuff and i was with my friends and we had a good time so I didn't, I put all that, you know, wow, this is too big. You can't even meet the stars out of my mind. I didn't want to meet him anyway. I'm not an autograph guy. I'm not a celebrity guy. And so I enjoyed just like seeing like the really awesome cosplay. All of these Star Wars fans dressed up, families, like showing up with their kids, people of all types of persuasions, just totally united by their love of this, of this fandom. Um, all sorts of really cool stuff on display. Of course, all those droid builder guys were there with all their various R2 units. The 501st were there, and then these other like kind of Star Wars costume groups were there as well. Uh, there were like these. There, there was a whole display when you first went in of Star Wars themed cars. Like people have done up their automobiles, like with like Star Wars uh, paint jobs and accoutrement. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> Just. Like just tons and tons to see. I didn't. Uh, again, I didn't get bored. And I basically, it was like walking around a giant shopping mall with like all these vendors selling all this stuff. And if you don't want to shop, you could just uh, people watch and browse as well. Aside from like the panels and stuff like that, were there? I mean, were there lines for like everything? Like, what was it? What was that like? Yeah. So that it's a complaint, but it, it's probably not a fair one. You know, they're letting in thousands and thousands of people all who want the same stuff to get a lot of the merchandise. You had to wait in line or you weren't going to get it. And this was, they had stuff that you could only get at the show. 
the Disney parks had a store with some exclusive merchandise. Funko had some stuff. Oh, a bunch of different, uh, I think, ha- uh, who, who is it that has the toy line? Hasbro? I believe they yeah. were there. I think Toys R Us had a booth, but they all had this exclusive stuff you could only get at the convention. And I got in a couple of the lines. I actually scored some cool stuff at Funko and got some stuff at the Disney parks line too. But there, there's an actual like shop for the convention, like the Star Wars Celebration shop, which was like this huge like cordoned off area that you could go in. Now, I had just come from the WrestleMania convention I mentioned that they put on. They also had a huge shop. My companion and I and, and Nick, we like were like, let's go buy stuff. We walk in, buy stuff, walk out, like no big deal. If I wanted to do the same thing at Star Wars Celebration, I would have had to wait in line like for four hours. And that line like did not die down. Like you were in line four hours to get in and shop. And like, of course, it's a little bit sour grapes. Like, oh, I didn't want that stuff anyway, you know. But on the flip side, I don't actually understand the business sense in that. Like, the people have paid admission. They want to hand you money for, like, all this merchandise. And you don't have the capacity to, like, have, let them shovel their money into your coffers fast enough. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I wonder. I, I, they, they had a continuous four-hour line, so they weren't wanting for customers. But I wonder if they left a little money on the table there by not letting everybody buy all the stuff they wanted. I'd, I'd love to draw a comparison. It works for Nintendo. <laughs> That's a great point, Brian. <laughs> it does. It does indeed. Um, I guess to play like Star Wars advocate, though, Nintendo is not like setting up a convention for people to come buy their stuff and they're not letting them. No, they, what am I saying? It's, 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 very, it's a very apt comparison. They're just not shipping things to retailers. <laughs> well, they've also just canceled. Like, no, we don't want to sell any more classics. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Is that I thought that was, might have been like a freaking uh, April Fool story or something. But like that, no. that's that's really legit. They're just just they just said fuck it, we're not selling it anymore. The rumor is they're gonna sell a Super Nintendo this year, so they want to like start building, you know, anticipation for that or whatever. But. They're not the same thing. Like, I, I mean, I, right. I want a classic, and there's still, like, $300. The comparison becomes more apt now, Brian, because if Nintendo's in the business to make money and they have a proven, like, successful product, they're choosing to do a limited run and then let these profiteers make all this money on in the aftermarket when they could just be, like, raking in dough making more of these stupid things. Well, it, that's kind of what happened here. Both at that mall and the other vendor booths, a lot of the stuff was finding its way online and onto eBay almost immediately. And something that I found far more disgusting, later in the show, stuff that sold out the first couple days was at the smaller like comic book vendor booths and stuff. Like They sent somebody to go online, buy the item, then mark it up and sell it right there on the convention floor uh, for more than it was originally going for. I mean, I'll, I'll tie everything back together. Like, don't fucking buy it. Vote with your dollars, right. dude. If you don't approve of that, stop buying it. Right, right. Which, Cam, that was kind of your conclusion with the whole Nintendo Classic thing. You're like, I'm just not going to do it, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be held hostage by fucking Nintendo, <laughs> you know? Right, or these, these opportunists trying to trying to pray. I hate to be this way, but, I mean, I'll make a fucking NES with every single game ever made for it for less than 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know that, yeah. right? I mean, I want to yeah. give you my 60 bucks, but... If you don't want it. That's what I don't understand. I, I understand scarcity to an extent because you don't want to dilute the value of something, but to just make it impossible to get, like, I don't understand all the ins and outs of manufacturing and everything, but damn, people want to throw money at you. Like, how hard would it have been to, like, if you don't, I, I understand they wanted to drive sales on the show floor, but like, damn, hey, if you didn't get your stuff here at the show, go online and, you know, submit your ticket number and we'll, we'll let you shop online for merchandise you didn't get. Or Privateer Press does this very well, and honestly, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the company, so I'm just giving them some unusual props. All of their exclusives are available online to anyone the day of the show, and when the show's over, no longer available. See, that's genius because it's still an exclu- It's still an exclusive while the show's going, but you don't have to go to the show to get it. You know what I mean? Or, or you can actually go to the show and enjoy the show instead of standing in line for 18 hours with... Right, like, I, I, I just don't get it. But yeah, anyway, not a complaint, just an observation. I, I guess when you're just swimming in money, everybody that went there paid hundreds of dollars just to get in. 
and then hundreds more for various autograph and signature opportunities and then bought all this merchandise. I guess when you're just swimming in cash, you don't have to like worry about nuance. <laughs> how much was uh how much was Mark Hamill's signature? I overheard some people saying it was like four hundred dollars or something like that. What? Maybe that was for a photo opportunity, but I know I know you could easily drop a few hundred dollars to get Hamill's signature for a hand job with a prosthetic. And his... <laughs> even even the even a photo op four hundred dollars. I mean, I think God, what did I spend? Uh, I mean, I know it's totally two different franchises, and it's like I mean, whatever. It's like Star Wars is super hot now, whatever. But I, I, years ago, I went to like maybe like not, not I say years ago, maybe like seven years ago, eight years ago, I went to. Uh, Back when they were doing the Star Trek convention at uh, the the in Vegas at the the Las Vegas Hilton, and uh, yeah. I got a I got a photo op with it was uh, Nimoy and Kirk, and even that was only like I think a hundred dollars for both of them together at the same time. You know what I mean? And I think I did one with George Takai for like twenty five bucks. So, so like I mean yeah, I, I, I expect to pay around that. I mean for Mark Hamill, like okay, may, I would spend a hundred bucks I would say, but four hundred, wow. I think so. I, I'm looking at this price list that, that I think is to be believed, and I think that this. I think it was two fifty for the autograph, and then two hundred for the photo op. I think so. I think I think they were separate for him. You had to pay four fifty, wow. but you know, for both. But even two hundred or two fifty seems like outlandish to me. And my friend overheard too, like some people walking by, like, huh, "Well, I went for my autograph, and it was much like the photo op. It felt rushed." Yeah, I just of course. Like four hundred bucks, but like <laughs> I don't know what to like. He's got thousands of people lined up, and by the way, Mark Hamill sold out, and so did Felicity Jones, who was I think her, she was charging around the same price, and Alan Tudyk and all those like all the people that are hot now was all a couple hundred dollars. To defend him, though, if you're gonna blow that much money on some guy's like thirty second signature, the least you could do is not rush him, like make yeah. that enjoyable. It doesn't matter. The guy set the prices for $250, $200, you know, and people, he sold out. Like, you couldn't get near him. Oh, and by the way, when you showed up for your, like, appointment, you just, you stood in a two- or three-hour line, and I'm not exaggerating, to, like, right. get you Right, an appointment to stand in line, right? Yeah, like, I don't... This isn't a criticism of the convention, because their business model seems to be working, but it's a criticism of, like, this transaction as it exists. Hundreds of dollars to stand in line for hours and hours. Now, now I sound like I'm being negative, but this is the stuff I was kind of complaining to you guys about online when we were chatting like i didn't quite i didn't i don't get that but i didn't do any of that so i enjoyed the convention you know and i bought some cool stuff and had a good time the only the only reason i ask is because i i have this really cool like old school star wars book um and it's signed by like everybody except like the big three like han uh luke and leia basically Ah. those are the only three signatures and so i had you know i had Basically, in my head, thought like, all right, you know, it, it, you know, over the next couple of years, there's going to be tons of Star Wars conventions. I'll go get, you know, I'll, I'll bite the bullet and I'll pay, you know, whatever, whatever it's going to take to, to get all three signatures on the book as well, just for completionist sake, you know. But now... Uh, you may have missed some news. So, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Since Fisher died, I mean, now I really have no, <laughs> I have like no motivation <laughs> to pay Luke, of all people. I, might, I, I, I mean, I might pay that for Han, but, uh, you know... I mean, you know, freaking five years ago, you know, this Hamill was on the couch, you know? Like, yeah. Hoping for callbacks for, you know, voiceover work. Yeah, he's not on the couch anymore. He's raking in that money. Her by the way, you could not get Harrison Ford, by the way. He was not. He, he did actually show up on the first Did he day. attend? Wow. Yeah, he showed up and, like, spoke uh, on the stage. But I think to have gotten there, you would have – I'm, again, not really exaggerating. You would have had to be in line – the earliest they would let you line up to get in the convention, which opened at like nine, was five a.m. But you weren't allowed on property. Like they would let you queue up on the convention center property, um, before that. So you had to like, um, the mobs of people were like across the street, off property, and then when five a.m. came, they ran over and got in line to get in line, <laughs> to to get like close yeah. enough to the stage to like see that go down. Well, and and Han, uh, I mean, specifically for years, didn't he like? I think he made the like choice to like not do anything like Star Wars related or like do any signatures on Star Wars stuff. Yeah, like wasn't yeah. wasn't that a thing like for like twenty I think so. years or whatever? 
Yeah, I, I, I believe that's the case. Divorce himself from that or whatever. Well, and probably that was a good strategy because his career has been great. Whereas, I mean, yeah. Hamill's not exactly dying here, but he hasn't had quite a prolific career Ford has had. But yeah. um, anyway, yeah, like I think the only reason that Harrison Ford showed up is they were kind of doing a tribute to Carrie Fisher. Um, mm. I, I, that's just my speculation. You know, I don't know that he necessarily would have gone for it otherwise. But yeah. Um, and by the way, I'm like a lot of this stuff I'm saying to you is sort of like I was so detached from the goings on that a lot of this is just my perception. I may be totally wrong, but I heard that so-and-so showed up on this stage and that stage and this and that happened. I didn't care. Like wherever the crowds were, I went the opposite direction. Um, <laughs> so for all I know, you know, Jen Urso was, you know, <laughs> kissing people on the cheek the, the whole time. But I, uh, I, I had no idea about that because I wasn't anywhere near her. By the way, looking at the price list, she was also in the 200 uh, something dollar range. But you could get a combo. Look at this pricing. Jen Urso. You could get a an autograph for 200 You could get a, a photo op for 250 Guess how much you, for both? 450 Yeah, 450 <laughs> You save nothing. <laughs> no, no, no discount? <laughs> no discount. And That's 100%. That is horseshit. Yeah, man, sold out, and you waited in line for hours for that, man. You you got you showed up your appointed time to wait for hours. Like I don't, I I cannot why, imagine why no any person I would stand in line for hours. Me let alone either. any person I would pay four hundred dollars for. Let alone any person I would do both for. I know. I'm looking down the price list, Cam. Actually, and none of them were discounted. It was like this price, that price, or both for both prices. I mean, they did nothing for Bullshit. you. Like why? Why? Man, I don't know, but they sold the hell out. You could do a Felicity. Oh, you could get a Felicity Jones and Alan Tudyk for three hundred dollars for just the photo. Poor Alan. Whoa, Hayden Christensen, one thirty, one forty, or two seventy. Yikes. <clears throat> anyway, this is insane. Uh, I am getting this from the Future of Star Wars WordPress. So anybody listening in that wants to contest these prices, email them at some email at futureofstarwars.wordpress.com. <laughs> And uh, anyway, I, I went a little long on discussing celebration, but that was sort of the end cap to my trip. From there, I was dropped off by my friends at the Hyatt at the uh, Orlando airport. Have you ever been to that hotel? It's like the hotel that surrounds the center airport area before you go off to the terminals on the trains. Anyway, it's pretty cool. I got to I got a runway view, so I got to sit there and like have my room service and watch airplanes take off and land or just take off, really. Highly recommend it if you want a kind of unique hotel experience. And uh, that was it. Then the next morning, I or the next evening, I took off and returned here to my to my home near Seattle, Washington. But yeah, that's it for me. Sorry, I went a little wrong on the Star Wars, but I am an unapologetic Star Wars geek, and I felt that was a pretty big end cap to the trip. Almost as cool as the airport view room at the Hyatt. Uh, so that's it. That's it for my update. Anyway, enough about Weekly Geeklies, enough about Star Wars. Let's get on to what all of these things, WrestleMania, Disney, the VR Arcade, the Orlando Eye, Star Wars Celebration, my awesome runway view room at the airport have in common, which is that they all took place in the Orla either in Orlando, Florida proper or in the Orlando area, uh, the Orlando metropolitan area, I think it's fair to say. Which, Cam, I think you have some familiarity. You lived in that area for a while, did you not? Yeah, well, I went to college at UCF for, you know, several years. And uh, after law school and a foray of uh, up in the Northeast, um, in the beginning of my career, I ended up back in Orlando working at a law firm there for about five and a half years. So about, nice. I've spent about, like, eight years total in or living in Orlando. And I've been there a million times. Like my my mom's side of the family, most of her side of the, not most, but a lot of her side of the family lives there. So we were up there all the time as a kid. Okay, all right. So you've got you've got a lot of time in. I've got a lot of time in mainly from visiting. Being from South Florida, it's a it's a fairly frequent destination. Obviously for theme parks and a million other things. And Brian, you your personal life and your your fun and games have brought you up there quite a lot, right? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I just when I was a kid, my family didn't do Alaska 
cruises or Hawaiian vacations or anything like that. Like, we just defined Orlando as, like, you know, every single summer you go on vacation to Orlando. Like, that that stuck around. It's kind of hard not to. It's like in your geographical backyard. It's, like, hard not to, right? You know? And, and even, I think, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, there was a shit ton to do there. Yeah, and that's that's the main motivator. It's like such a entertainment dense area that even outside the things you normally think of doing there, that, that it's it's really the city in and of itself is kind of a marvel. It's built essentially to entertain. And I understand residents of the city will be like, well, no, it has a downtown and a proper business district. Yes, yes, I understand all yeah, that. No one cares. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> By and large, most people from abroad are going to know it as a tourist destination. And it's great that it also has a thriving and diverse economy uh, in other sectors. But we're going to focus on the tourists. And it's honestly, nice. downtown Orlando is nothing to brag about. So <laughs> it looked all right. I- I've driven past it several times on the way to the things I want to do. <laughs> I shouldn't say that for the WrestleMania, uh, for some of the events in support of WrestleMania, I actually did go to the stadium downtown. I don't remember who sponsors that one. The Antimans Frosted Donut Arena or whatever it is. I don't know. It's not called that. But yeah, so hard to get away from the impact the entertainment industry has there. And I know there are fans of Universal and there are fans of all of other parks and brands, but you really do have, and I know it's not, technically in Orlando proper, but you really do have to credit Disney for most, if not all of that. I mean, if they had not pulled that move and secretly bought up this huge amount of land and then plopped like, you know, the actual like production version of Disneyland down, whereas Disneyland, I think of as a beta version. Ooh, that's going to earn me some hate. Uh, I love Disneyland. It's terrific. It's wonderful. But if they had not done that, I don't think you'd have nearly. What else could have drawn such a tourist industry to that area? You know, I mean that that that's the genesis of it all. You have to give them that credit, I think. So absolutely, they deserve a ton of credit. But I I do think one thing that like gets overlooked that might it, it certainly wouldn't be as big an area and it wouldn't be a, a tourist area, but it might still be a geek mecca. There's a Big ass school right in the middle of it. Yeah, UCF. Where actually, that's your. Uh, that's almond. a huge school. That's your almond mother, right? Isn't Cam? Yeah, my almond, my almond butter, my almond mother, my almond mother, mother butter. Yeah, uh, yes. Butter. UC, UCF Knights. Those, those are. Uh, that's my 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 colors. So you concur? Do you concur with Brian's uh, assessment that there probably would have been a, some, something of a thriving geek culture there, given the the major university? Yeah, no, there definitely is. I know, I know for sure there is. Yeah, yeah, they have. Uh, I was really interested in going there for grad school because they had some. I wish I could remember what it was. There was some something in their graduate department that really attracted my interest in the engineering school, but. They're super like, I mean, they're, they're very forward thinking and they're like really, really trying to grow it. Like they just got a medical school. They're trying to add a law school. Like, you know, they're like really trying to, I mean, they're the, I think they're the largest or second largest in the country, but just in terms of enrollment. And so they're really trying to use that money and all that to really improve the, you know, improve everything that's offered at the school. That's awesome. Yeah. And they're, they're pretty selective too. They're not like a, you know, heartbeat and a pulse and you're in school. They're. Uh, yeah. As as they grow, they're growing, uh, but keep maintaining the quality, from what I understand. So. Um, and yeah, so college towns, as we know, especially those with a strong academic background, tend to attract a at least in in Brian's and mine's experience. Brian's and mine's that's not English. I didn't go to college. Uh, <laughs> seem to attract a, a sort of geeky element. So I I, I think there might have been something there either way, Brian. I think you're onto something. Absolutely, it would be different, but it, it might it might still be pretty interesting. Yeah, I, Orlando would have been a major city within Florida either way. And I think Orlando would be a very different city without it too. Like, I mean, it would be I don't know, like tourist trappy, not necessarily. Yeah, and and I wonder if the tourist hub 
would have either shifted or stayed to a certain extent in South Florida, where we are all from, because South Florida is still a destination for like fun in the sun, beach stuff, cruise, cruises, that sort of thing. But for a time we had our own little like mini theme parks going probably before our time, but it, it felt like we had a little industry like that kind of growing that was killed off. It might've been killed off anyway, as available land ran out and people wanted to build condos, but I don't think Orlando blowing up and Disney blowing up did us any favors in terms of wanted being that family fun destination uh, that Orlando is now. So still, it would have been interesting to see how that played out. South Florida might have had that going forward as well. Absent uh, a blow up of the kind Disney precipitated. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is that Orlando is like, well, if you look at a place like Gainesville, have you ever been to Gainesville where university of Florida is? I have. Yeah. I mean, that's like the quintessential like college town where it's like, you know, I, I know like places up like, you know, up North are the same way, like happy Valley, Pennsylvania. There's like nothing there except Penn state. Everything sort of grew around Penn state, you know? And yeah. same thing with Gainesville, like Gainesville is just like a, a podunk town. It, <laughs> it just really so is. happened that like a huge ass university, one of the largest like sports powerhouse, you know, s- schools in the country is there. Um, and so it's, it's either you're either a student or you're like a townie, you know what I mean? There's like no in between there. And, uh, the, so like, I mean, I think, but I think Orlando is good because Orlando has both elements, you know, it's got like that big city, like touristy feeling, uh, well, touristy side, but then it also has like a real, like thriving community, which is sort of built on the school, uh, because like a lot of people go to the school and then you, it's different from like a lot of other colleges where you like go to college, but then you come back home or you go somewhere else. A lot of people end up staying in Orlando and like and living there and becoming young professionals or whatever. So when you go to downtown, like there's it's funny because there's like I Drive International Drive, which is the I guess touristy area, but then there's downtown where you don't get a lot of tourists. I mean, you do get some tourists, but really downtown is more for the locals, and then I Drive is more for the uh, for the tourists to go out at night, basically. And so you'll go out in downtown, you'll see like all the young professionals that went to UCF and now they're working there, at, you know, locally at some business or whatever. So it, I, I think it really adds like a pretty cool dynamic. And th- those businesses aren't necessarily in support of the tourism industry either. Like they, they are like, ma- they're branches of like major national brands and so on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing too. There's like a, there's, I mean, there is like a lot of good industry there in Orlando and plus uh, Orlando too, like remember is only an hour from Tampa, which is a pretty big city in its own right. And it's about an hour from the space coast where NASA is. So there's like a ton of like, well, and you want to talk about geeky. I mean, you know, you can't get much geekier than NASA. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. It's sort of, it is sort of the midway point between the two coasts. Yeah. There's talk that one day it will be one continuous or contiguous international urban landscape from coast to coast. I've heard that said. That, that's what they say. I mean, I'm sure in 50 years, maybe 100 years, I mean, if we're not underwater by then. But, I mean, the right. the they are, I mean, I think within the next year or so, they, they've, they're already building that uh, that Hyperloop, that the, the, the high-speed train. Oh, are they doing that? Is the Hyperloop happening? Like the, that, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the Hyperloop, but I know it's something like there is a train from here to Orlando. Oh, yeah, that is happening. Yeah. That will uh, be open soon. Yeah, it's going to connect South Florida to Orlando. Yes, correct. Yeah. And then I think the idea is that they want to, you know, split that off to both both sides as well. They should, yeah. That is called the uh, Bright Line. And Bright Line, yeah, by, exactly. Yeah, yeah, run by Florida East Coast Railways. Uh, actually, a private endeavor, not not a high speed rail, no, no state money going into that or anything. So, well, it would have been, you know, done by the state years ago if they were ever going to do it. So. Right, like Brightline is like turns out to be a uh, it's it's a higher speed rail in that at certain legs it goes faster than the standard eighty miles per hour that trains go, but it's not a bullet train like which which what the Florida high speed would have been. But our uh, illustrious governor decided to, to kill that project. Um, after yeah, I think how, how long is that bright line supposed to take? I think like two hours uh, or something like that. Miami yeah. to Miami to Orlando with a stop in Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, and then Orlando is three hours like flat. Okay. Um, which you hear like detractors, I could drive that in three hours. Like I'd like to see you try. I'd actually like to see you do that in three hours flat. 
Well, I can get I can get door to door from my house to Disney or to like one of my my rental properties up there in two hours and forty five minutes. But that's like driving at like late at like like I, I'll typically leave either early earlier in the morning or late at night. You know right. what I mean? But like during the day, no way, no chance. Like you're you got to add at least another thirty to forty five minutes on there for traffic. Right, and that's that. That's what people I don't think get, and, and they're also well, and you're you're money. having to drive. Yeah, and you're having to drive. You can't just, like, chill and, you know. Right, exert the internet. Yeah. Yeah, the the not driving part matters a lot to me. And basically, I, I think it's, like, from Fort Lauderdale to there is a it, – it's competitive with driving at the very – it may be a little bit faster on average. Um, but the, the for me, the not driving part is the big attraction. And, again, since we're, we're focusing on the tourist aspect, being able to, like, fly into Orlando – do all the parks, do all the things you want, and then like just take a train down and hop on your cruise. So basically, you don't need a car. I think that's going to be a big deal for a lot of tourists. Um, and for locals, if I was still living in South Florida, I would hop that train all the time. Well, I would. The, the, the only the only issue though is if like okay, I, I see, and that's the thing. That's why I never understood why Disney like tried so hard to kill that because like, why wouldn't you want people like if I'm like having my car up there? makes me gives me the incentive to pay like way less money and stay off property at yes. Disney. You, yes. you know what I'm saying? But if I'm taking a train up there, that incentive to stay on property is much higher because then I don't have to rent a car. You, you know what I mean? I can just use like the Disney trams and all that right. and, the, and the buses. Like, like I, I don't get it. If, if they like what an incentive program they could offer is, you know, if you're a, if you're a Florida resident, a pass holder and you're, you know, we'll offer you a discounted, ticket on the train to come up because you know during those off season uh, times when they're not filling up the hotels get the locals to come up you know the semi-locals from south florida like yeah i agree with you can they should embrace it not like fight it yeah um, maybe they're worried about parking revenue or something i don't know but yeah the car gives you the freedom to stay off property and they want you captive <laughs> at least that yeah but i mean saying. parking revenue but that's the thing like parking revenue i, I mean most people that go to Disney are tourists from another, they're not coming from South Florida. You know what I'm right. saying? Like right. that's got a maybe, you know, annually a, a few percent, you know what I'm saying? The people from South Florida. But they, yeah, right. They could capture the people from South Florida though, is the point, right? They could, they, they could, they could bring them on property, spending more for their hotels, spending on their restaurants and not leaving, which is what they, what they claim to want. Right. Yeah, and that would far outweigh the parking revenue they're getting. You, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. You're, you're, I mean, just you know, just in food alone. That... Yeah, the parking revenue from South Floridians, to your point, which is the two percent you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, even for the out of towners, like you could, you if they were to cooperate with the train, you could stay like quote unquote in the Disney bubble the whole time. Like you do your cruise, yeah. you go straight to Disney, or you do Disney and you go straight to your cruise on the Disney cruise line. Like you, the money all stays in the mouse house, so to speak. Um, yep. anyway, that's, I think, I think it could potentially be lucrative. It could be lucrative for our home area. Well, my former home area now of South Florida and could tie it a little more tightly. It could couple a little, couple it a little more tightly to Orlando and the central Florida area. Yep. So yeah, that's actually, that's an exciting development. That train, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Funny. You should mention an infrastructure project. Well, that gets me onto sort of the final topic for this whole, uh, the first part of this, this episode, which is sort of the nature of the city of Orlando. Um, they are I've heard it said that they want to do a maglev train from the Orlando international airport to the convention center, which is where I went to both that WrestleMania convention and where I went to star Wars celebration and where I know we've all been to conventions like Megacon, these massive like comic-con, you know, type conventions. Um, that's awesome. And that, I think that's something you could only justify in a city that has the kind of convention traffic Orlando has, you know, and how, and there's hotels on site. So how cool would that be? You get off again, you get off the plane and you know, in no time you're at the convention center on this cool yeah. maglev train. Like that, that in itself is almost an attraction uh, just to ride one of those. But yeah, so that, have you guys heard of that? Have you heard of the maglev train? It's I've heard, heard that they've been trying to do that for years, but like same thing with the hyperloop, like it just keeps getting killed. I think they should, 
And I think they should then take that maglev or something similar, be it a Hyperloop, which is that vacuum tube propelled thing that Elon Musk proposed or otherwise. Uh, I think they should embrace a next-gen transportation system. And I know maybe, I think to a certain extent, the rental car industry might not like that, but I think this would just be a companion to the rental car industry. I think they're still going to have plenty of rental car volume there forever. Um, some people do just choose to drive. Yeah. But that that launches me into a sort of broader discussion of infrastructure and construction. You mentioned iDrive. iDrive is where I stayed this past time. iDrive is kind of leads into the uh, convention center. It's a route you can kind of take to get near the convention center if I have my geography right. I remember this one part. You know where that upside down house thing is? It's like a, it was like a museum or something at one time or yeah what is that attraction called like wonder wonder world or no no it's wonderworks wonderworks Wonderworks. okay yeah. which i don't even know what that is that's one more attraction i have yet to visit but if you if you go to orlando you'll see an upside down house like a building and it's like upside down and there's some sort of attraction inside but i remember and brian you probably remember from our old islands of adventure days at universal studios that was on like a shit part of like a shit street in a crap part of town right like i'm not i'm not saying like ghetto but it wasn't like whoa this is nice when you would drive by there at least that's how i remember it i mean i think that's pretty touristy i wouldn't call it ghetto at all but that's clearly the like family friendly area yeah that's i drive that's international drive yeah but that's like the most touristy part of i drive too like yeah it used to be it used to be a little more crappy uh, tom you're right like back in the day or whatever it was a, it got a little rundown like i think it had its heyday like in the 80s or 70 late 70s early 80s you know or yeah. not, and then like in the 90s it kind of went through like a eh, not so good but then over the last like f- i'd say five to ten years it's definitely been revitalized well that and that's what i'm getting to because holy cow i hadn't been there in years usually when i would go by i will stay on property at disney or some other place but I, I couldn't believe it. I, until I saw the upside down building, I'm like, wait a minute, this is that street? Like they have completely transformed that. It's like absolutely gorgeous now. It's like it's downright like inviting. Like I, I was like actually walking around that area. I'm like, this is wonderful. So kudos to Orlando for like stepping up their game there. Although I'm sure it was just a, a lot of private developers that did it. But uh, but that is that is just one example of all this friggin' construction going on everywhere. Like all around, I, like. All around SeaWorld, they seem to be popping in all kinds of new, like, um, I, I guess, hotel residences. I'm not really sure. But it seemed like everywhere I looked, they were they were building something new. Like, the town's, like, booming. Like, I haven't, like, and I've gone there a lot, but I haven't seen it in this, in a boom phase like it seems to be in now, at least from a construction standpoint. Well, it, it, you know, it, it was, I'd say, you know, same, same, like when everyone else, when the real estate market was huge, that's actually when I was working up there at a, at a law firm. And a lot of the work I was doing was, was real estate work. And especially like, da- did you say you went downtown? Tom? Yeah, I went did down- you go da- downtown? Yeah. Yep. A couple times for and the, did you, uh, for events. And were you, is that the first time you'd been downtown since they built like that whole big, uh, like the, 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 the big, like right on church street where there's like all the, the big. You know they have that that the the new big high rise building there and like all the restaurants and and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Movie yeah. Theater. Yeah. Yes, Cam. Because we got out of this like arena, and I think we ended up like near that area or something like that. And I I don't remember. Oh, you went to the area. Amway. You went to the Amway Arena. Is yeah. That maybe I'm thinking of the wrong place, but I, I there was there were a lot of restaurants like near the Amway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Amway is where I was. So I don't know if I was. Yeah. Going to that about. that's relatively new as well. That's like, you know, within the last five or 10 okay. years, I was actually, that's when I was living in Orlando, that was being built and they were knocking down the old arena, which was the Orlando arena. Oh, and okay. Then All right. they, they were building the, the new Amway arena. Um, and then uh, that's like sort of on the other side of the, of I four, which is like the big highway or whatever. And that's okay. always been sort of the wrong side of town, like that I-4 area or whatever, or on the other side of I-4, the, the side of where uh, the Amway Arena is. But okay. they've been, like, buying up – they bought up all that, like, old, you know, I guess blighted – I don't want to say ghetto, but blighted, you know, uh, property. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, redeveloped it with, like, things like the arena and stuff like that. And then – but if you if you go a little further um, towards downtown – that also, within the last ten years or so, um, especially during the when the, the when the the real estate boom was going, 
I mean, that's when they were building just like huge, huge, big apartment buildings downtown, uh, huge, like, like a bunch of restaurants and, and office buildings and things like that. And that all that stuff sort of got put on hold, like in the late, like 2008, 2009 or whatever. But then like, you know, once things started getting better in like 2012 ish, then people came in and bought them for a song and like redeveloped uh, them or, or fixed them or whatever. I remember like right on church street, which is like the main, like historic district of downtown. There was like this place called 54 West, which was like, I mean, it was like a 60 story or 50 story up like condo that was just defunct. Basically no one lived there. It was just like completely like, it was like almost like a shell and <laughs> no one lived there for years. And then just over the last few years, someone went in and bought it and then made, turned it into, you know, fixed, finished it basically. Wow. Uh, but yeah, like it's, so it sort of had its fits and starts, but it's like sort of hitting its stride right now. It's certainly booming now. Um, we, we, after we left the Amway, we did end up going, we went out for dessert and we, we went into some part of town. I wish I could even remember where geographically we were, but like some super like trendy part of town with all these little restaurants and shops and everything. And there's just huge crowds of people everywhere. And we went into this like dessert place and had like these dessert cookie things that were amazing. Did you go to winter garden? No, we were, we were in still in Orlando proper, Brian. Um, we didn't leave. We didn't leave. We didn't go. I know what we were talking about, but we were still like, there were big buildings around. So we were like on the periphery of downtown at least. Um, but I think you were you going to say that winter gardens, another boom town, Brian. Mm, trendy area with good dessert and a lot of foot traffic. Yeah. That seems to be the case in Orlando and perhaps in the surrounding area. I'm sure the, the boom is rippling out uh, everywhere uh, in that region. Um, is there a lot of new construction there, Brian, in, in Winter Garden or recent construction? Mm, recent, maybe. Okay. Yeah, my dad, uh, he lives like northwest of Orlando in what I would call Tavares, which would be I, which would be probably the extreme outer edge of the ripple effect um, of any growth going on there. And there's a lot of new development between that area and him and even where he lives. So um, whether it's just because of a general tr- uptick in real estate or because the area itself is booming, I can't say, but just kind of adds fuel to my perception that like things are looking up for Orlando, I guess. And, uh, there's, there's some definite growth and, uh, yeah, I drive much transformed from what it used to be. So, okay. I'm glad you guys, I'm glad you guys, uh, at least shared my perception of that. And yeah, uh, it's, I mean, it's definitely a city on the rise for sure. Yeah, definitely. definitely. The city beautiful is what it's Orlando means. I think anyway. Yeah. Well that, uh, I know that because whenever I hop on the, when you land at one of two, uh, I guess, concourses, when you go to the airport and then you're shuttled via a little train to the main, um, airport, I'm thinking of terminal. Anyway, you're shuttled to the main airport like area where your baggage claim is and where uh, – wait, is that where baggage claim is? I'm so confused. Anyway, the, ma- the main area where you, would, where you would get picked up and dropped off and ground transportation and all that stuff, that's also where that hotel was where I stayed. And when you're on the train, uh, Buddy Dyer or whatever the mayor's name is, he's like, welcome to the city beautiful. I'm like, oh, okay. And that's that, that finally goes singed into my, my brain. So thank you, Buddy Dyer, Dwyer whatever your name is. I now know what Orlando means, or at least what it means to you, if that's not the definition. But yeah, I think that's pretty much what I wanted to cover as far as giving people an idea of the boom town that Orlando seems to be right now. Um, and I think hopefully my weekly geekly, I kind of made it clear that like, even if you're not you've you've got the big attractions like you're expecting like disney universal studios etc but even during my time there i found a lot of little things to do like the vr arcade uh checking out the orlando eye which isn't really a little thing um and a bunch of other cool little stuff that i'm probably forgetting to mention my point being you can literally fill every minute of your time there (laughs) with something to do and so if you want to visit a city that's kind of as cam said on the rise with limitless things to do sections of which are just built for your entertainment, you can do much worse than Orlando. And uh, I hope you guys all agree with that characterization. 
that you being Cam and Brian and our audience, of course. And I think we are going to call this the end of sort of part one of this two-part feature on Orlando. And then part two, we are going to move on to some like actual highlights. We're talking about all this cool stuff you can do. We're going to get into some of the uh, nuts and bolts, uh, things things that you can actually do, um, some of our favorites, and as well as some things that we we ourselves have yet to do, we three hosts. And uh, yeah, so so tune in for a more down in the weeds uh, look at what there is to do in Orlando and what we recommend you do while you are there. And then we'll probably finish off that episode with, uh, well, I want to finish off that episode with a discussion of what uh, one big component that I think is missing from Orlando's uh, repertoire, so to speak. And we will get into the politics behind that and whether adding that would benefit or detract from the city beautiful. Anything else to add, guys, before we adjourn from this part one? Nope. Okay. In that case, tune in for part two of our Orlando special, which should be easy because we are available for tuning in on a variety of services. Those being, of course, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast, and many others. Give us a listen. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circles, and join the Nerdstravaganza group on Facebook. Check out our website, nerdstravaganza.com. Search all of our video content out on YouTube at uh, just type Nerdstravaganza into the handy dandy search bar. And send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. And with all that said, we'll see you come part two. Brian, take us away from part one. Orlando the Beautiful, the city beautiful. It's creepy. <laughs> it just something about the city beautiful does sound a little I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's I always pervy. thought it was weird. It's kinda of pervy yeah. somehow, right? Like yeah. It is.